Hi, it's Rolake. Hi, it's Shade. Welcome back to season two, episode one. Woohoo! Um, <laughs> woohoo! So we've been on a five-week break, and we're really happy to be back to recording. Uh, and this is officially our second season. Um, so Shade, what have you been up to over the last five weeks? I just want to say before I start that I'm so glad we made it to season two. <laughs> it's a big um, accomplishment. So <laughs> yay us uh, for doing so. Um, I proud have been up to um, just pretty much relaxing, um, getting into the groove of COVID and working from home for sure. Um, so my CEO announced that we'll be working from home until at least January. Um, so now that that's kind of um, decided, we can kind of just, you know, go on with our lives and in COVID and working from home. Um, I've been to the beach. I went to Ocean City uh, a few weeks ago. I've been, nice. yeah, it was really nice. It was a day trip. I saw your pictures. Yeah, you <laughs> it was a day trip, but it was really nice. Um, and I've been um, just hanging out, chilling with friends, just relaxing, um, very much taking time for myself and just, you know, self-care for sure. Um, but it's been a really good break um, from just, it was still working, obviously, but it's been a good break from the podcast and I feel much more um, refreshed. Um, there's a lot going on in the U.S. around the elections and I'm really trying to avoid all of it. <laughs> um, and, it, you know, living in D.C., I, it, it doesn't get lost to me that like all the things that are going on are like footsteps down from my uh, apartment because I do live in Capitol Hill. You're trying to guard your peace. I'm trying to guard my peace. And I know that Donald Trump is going to make this next four months a living hell for many of us. Um, so yeah, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, um, <laughs> trying to guard myself from that. So yeah, <laughs> what have you well, been up hopefully to? Hopefully it's the last one. I'm praying yeah. though. I'm Let's praying pray. though. Let's all go vote and get this Let's man out pray. of office. <laughs> Ouch. What have you been up to? <laughs> yeah, so I mean, it feels like quite a while since we last mm-hmm. recorded. So like five weeks. Um, so yeah, I've been good. I've definitely been taking things quite slow. So I actually went to the beach today. Mm. And actually, Shade, since we last spoke, I think I've been to the beach like four <laughs> times. I think I've been to the beach four times. So definitely, like for me, going to the beach is like my ritual of knowing that today I'm not doing anything but lying down in the mm. sand. So yeah, I've definitely been taking things slower. Um, work uh, has been like ramping up the last couple of weeks and we have like a big launch um a new product coming out in the coming week so work has been busy it is fun it is fun it's been good it's been busy but it's it's been stressful too i even started a weird habit of grinding my teeth mm. in the sleep oh, no no uh, in my teeth yeah so but stop now I, I have a weird work habit um, of thinking about work when I'm dreaming about work when I'm sleeping if like there's a particular project that's like stressing me I dream about it it's the it's worst. so terrible I do it too. <laughs> and I think I dream about it in detail Same. it's horrible <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's been happening, unfortunately, a few times in the last uh, few weeks or so. Um, but luckily, since the launch is this week, um, I even already, as you would think that because the launch is now this week, I would be as stressed as I have ever been. But funnily enough, because I know it's about to be here, I am calming down a Good. bit. And I didn't have any weird dreams last Good. night. And I didn't grind my teeth. But I started some exercises around 
not grinding my teeth. So I think that's also helping. And just being mindful that I'm doing it is making is helping me not do it. Um, so I think, I mean, that fits in well to what our main topic is later on. So I'll go into more detail then. Um, but yeah, so work's been a bit busy, but I have been taking things easy in my personal time. Yeah. Um, so, but I've been good. I've been, I've actually been enjoying the second half of COVID. I'm just used <laughs> to it now. I think, I think knowing, I'm, I'm not sure um, when you're going back to the office, but I think most of my other friends um, kind of know where that direction is. And I think that was a lot of what the uncertainty was. And now it's like kind of, you know what, 2020 is officially canceled, like for real. Um, so we can't <laughs> go and just plan with that in mind, right? So I think yes, that it helps. helps. It takes the pressure off because you're like, okay, like, especially for you, I can't believe you've been told it's still. For me, we are, we're actually like probably going back to the office probably in about like six weeks oh, wow. or so, but it's very much my decision too. So if you're unable to take that decision, it's less like uh, scary, but definitely it helps just knowing that we are here to stay for the foreseeable future. So I'm going to plan with that. I'm going to do staycations. Mm. I'm going to do easy mm. things and stop beating myself up about trying to go on some exciting, exotic holiday. It's just not going to happen this year. And that's okay. No, I still have a holiday plan for December. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yes, girl. Still, oh, no, for yeah. December. For I have sure. You know, the funny thing is when I was at the beach, um, one of the guys that I went with said that he um, rented like a Airbnb type space and worked from the beach for like a week. And I'm like, that's actually pretty amazing. Yeah. I kind of wish I would have thought about that. Um, and I could probably still do it. But summer's... It's not too Yeah, late. summer's kind of winding down. But um, and I, I, I wish yeah. I would have thought of that in the beginning of it because that would have been awesome Like, because it feels like kind of a vacation. Um, but you're working from home, right? Yeah, so. yeah, because you can actually be anywhere. Mm-hmm. Like, because as I was saying, I've slept over the beach mm-hmm. twice. I've been to the beach about four times since you <laughs> last book, and I've slept over twice. And literally, I've been like, maybe we should just stay here mm-hmm. for a whole week, and then something will make me decide not to. But I have a friend in New York who went to California for the entire wow. month of July, and she just worked from California, and she, she chilled by Venice Beach for like two weeks. So it's like literally people have been really imaginative and I'm, I'm loving seeing people's stories on Instagram, like people doing cool stuff because it also makes me think like when we ever get we this again, you can work anywhere we you want. No one will know yeah. where you are and we won't. And it made me also think yeah. um, just about like uh, I've been talking to friends about like where I want to like live in the future, right? So um, I've been thinking about buying a house in DC in the next year or two. Um, and now with COVID, I'm like, do I, I want to put up with like DC's high ass housing prices? <laughs> because in, in um, I've been I've been following the real estate market quite a bit um, with COVID and um, New York and San Francisco in particular's housing prices have plummeted because all of those um, all of those um, tech companies have now like said we're going to be at home until 2021 so the rental market is yeah. like is yeah. crash so i'm just like if if we implement yeah. this for a long time like i may want to go to like austin or i want to go somewhere that i'm not like spending a whole paycheck on my on my mortgage so yeah and you can get more yes. for your money yes. more space you can get yes. yeah I, so, yeah I love this and i hate to say but there's yeah. a lot of positive things that have come out of covid obviously like it's, you know, destruction for a lot of families, both, you know, financially and health wise. Um, but there has been some kind of things that have helped us reevaluate a lot of our lives. And for that, I'm very grateful. 
Yeah, me too. Me too. And like, although we're saying no holidays till December, I'm still like, you know, I'm still planning a mm-hmm. little break like next month just to like go back home to London and mm-hmm. catch up with family and friends there. Yeah, just recalibrate and just have a slight change of scene. Like this is the longest I've been in Lagos. <laughs> wow. And fine, it's it's been since February, I think. So that's what six months. Wow. So I mean, it, I mean, other people might think this girl calm down, mm-hmm. but I'm just used to being able to hop on a plane when I want. And uh, so yeah, I I am looking forward to like just having a little bit of a change of scene. Um, Sounds yeah. like fun. So there's been stuff happening. There has been. been there news. has been. So, I mean, Kim K and Kanye. So in the celebrity news. I just want to explain. The most important type, the most important type of news. We don't care what Donald Trump is doing. We don't care what anyone else is going on. What's going on in Israel? What's going on in Palestine? What's important is what Kim K and Beyonce are doing. <laughs> so tell us. Tell us what Kim K and Kanye have So um, I think shortly, maybe about a week or two after um, we concluded our first season, um Kanye went to a so for those who don't know who've been living under a rock Kanye is trying to run for president under the birthday party that is his official um uh party um that he's registered so uh about four weeks ago I think it's been about a month or so he went to a campaign rally and told the world that he had to convince his wife not to abort their first child and obviously, that is information that no woman would want the whole world knowing, let alone, like, wouldn't want, like, personal friends knowing, let alone the whole entire world. So he literally went on a rant talking about how he had to convince Kim not to abort their daughter. Um, and, um, yeah, so that, that started the spiral. And then he went on Twitter and said a whole bunch of stuff, how he's been trying to divorce Kim, how um, his mom, Chris, he called her Chris Jong-un, um, a play on Kim Jong-un, uh, uh, the North wow. Korean leader. So it's just been, it's wow. been a mess. He literally did a, a downward spiral for like, he was on Twitter for about two weeks. And then um, Kim went and got him and, um, you know, they went on a family vacation and Kim tried to convince us all. But before they went on the family vacation, Kim went on, a, on, on, on Snapchat or Instagram and wrote this long, um, or had somebody write this long epitaph about um, how Kim, how Kanye is a black man in America and how it's so stressful for him. And not that I'm not invalidating that, but Kanye is a millionaire and apparently a billionaire, according to Forbes a few a few months ago. Um, so there's people who are actually struggling and don't have the financial resources as Kanye. That doesn't invalidate his um, his obviously his mental health, but I just didn't like how Kim often uses the race of black people to her benefit when she can. Uh, and that's another story for another day. Um, but yeah, so after that, she went on Instagram, put a message. They got Kanye, went on a family vacation. Um, she was posting pictures um, of him smiling with his children. And apparently- <laughs> Of him smiling with his yeah, children. So, yeah, so <laughs> doing TikTok da- dance challenges. So apparently all is good again. Oh, that's sweet. Uh, all is good again in the Kim and Kanye household. Um, I basically gave my thought on that as I was describing it. But we're like, hey, what is your thought on, on Kim and Kay's? Uh... You know what? This is the first time hearing on most of it. I knew there was drama. Yeah. I knew Kanye wanted to run for president. <laughs> and then I knew Kim started speaking out, saying, explaining why her husband isn't crazy mm. and how he's had all these issues. But I did not know that he started saying that ah. Kim 
were wanted to abort yes, their first child. Yes, I didn't know that yes, stuff. I didn't know uh, insulted. Like, it was so bad. Mom. It was so bad. Oh, I actually my. felt bad for oh, her. My. And I have very little ounce of sympathy for any of the Kardashian <laughs> sisters. But as a woman, I was like, ah. Like, telling the whole yeah, world. And to be and, and obviously, like, no matter where you stand on the issue, like, she probably wanted to abort the child if she did. Because of your crazy ass, and look what happened. Like you know, how- yeah, <laughs> I know. Like, obviously, I'm you know happy that the child is alive, but like, what the hell? Whoa, it's just so <laughs> much information, and it's like you want to run for president, but I mean, I mean, I I, I like Kanye forever because he's just so audacious and crazy, and I like Kim too because they're both like larger than life crazy people who are doing so well for themselves so <laughs> the more I, I mean i just the more they can bring that entertains us it's all good it's all good they should just keep us <laughs> laughing but from a personal point of view yeah it's just slightly slightly awful i, I feel bad for her it's very awful and i just wonder um at what point so kim and i have very much of a, a different view from kim on kim and kanye like kanye was like I, I loved Kanye. I, I had like all of from College Dropout, which was his first album, to I think Late Registration, which was his third. I literally had the physical copies of all albums and would play them in my car and knew every single rap for every single song. Like Kanye was one of the first artists of like my teenage years that I actually like clung on to. So yeah. I'm actually really devastated to see his downfall. Yeah. And I even like But I don't think it's his downfall. Um... He's he's had crazy issues in the past and he's always regained his um status so i think this is just part of who he is i think he will reinvent himself i hope so um yeah i think he will yeah yeah Um, yeah yeah, so it's been really sad for me to see um it's also i think quite equally as equally as sad that like kim's trying to paint a picture like and i understand why obviously like it's a kind of pr move but like he's on instagram ranting about all this stuff twitter ranting about all this stuff insulting you saying he wants to get a divorce and you try to abort their kids and then a few weeks later <laughs> she makes like oh everything's fine now here we are on vacation like it's kind of like for her for her yeah it's, it's yeah, tough it's tough saving she is trying to save face like obviously and it's you know it's tough i wouldn't want to be in that position but yeah take yeah. the good with the bad That's right <laughs> yep mm-hmm. yep so should we talk about what we're gonna be speaking about in our first episode back Yes, we will be talking about um, how to fill your own cup first. So um, this topic uh, was spurred out of a interview that Tia Mori of the famous Mori twins um, gave to Essence Magazine about filling her own cup first and how she puts herself first um, because she cannot be a good mom and a good wife um, you know, to her kids and her husband if she is emptied and if she's depleted. So she really talks about just loving herself and self-care um, and just being the best for herself first and then attending to her family's needs second. I'm really excited about this topic. Same. I feel like as young women, you know, just young people in general, we are um, we easily end up trying to fill other people's cups and neglect ourselves. I am so keen to talk about this. Um, but first, we're going to go into our what I'm section, which is where Shade and I talk about what we've been up to in the last week, what we've been watching on TV, we give our recommendations, what we've been reading, what we've been doing for self-care, any news stories we've been following. We just kind of download what's caught our attention in the last week. So we'll do that section first, and then we'll go into 
the section on filling your own cup first. Sounds great. Let's get into the episode. Hi, welcome back um, to our second section, which is our what I'm section. So I'm going to kick off with what I've been watching uh, during our break. So I have finally started watching um, a show on Netflix called Marcella, which Shade has been raving about since <laughs> time. <laughs> and my mother has also been raving about it. So Shade and my mom have the same taste in tea. 100%. Like, I, I don't know if I have a taste of an older woman or she has a taste of a younger woman, but <laughs> I will just say she has excellent taste. <laughs> well, basically, you guys, like, cry and, like, you like very like intelligent, cerebral type um, detective stories around crime. 100%. But it's like Nordic or British. I think you both like British in particular. I watch more British, British TV shows than I watch American. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, so Marcella is a British show. And it's about a, um, a female detective. And she's like in her, I would say probably late 30s, mm-hmm. early 40s. And she's got a family. She kind of has like an idyllic family life when you first meet her <laughs> and then somebody gets killed and she um gets um called back to become a detective so it basically follows the story of her uncovering the crime but it also looks at her personal life and she's married to this black man who's like this beautiful he's black very man. Handsome. He's, he's just handsome, he's just handsome. well dressed <laughs> fine nice hair <laughs> and he's, well, he was, he's a business like you think he's in finance right or a lawyer or something he has like a really yeah. good he's job this yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> this huge like uh uh construction yeah yeah that's what it was yeah so i love it and it's set in london so i watched season one and i'm halfway through season two okay. um yes i'm really enjoying that and then i've also been watching um quite a few cartoons just to like <laughs> completely wind down and laugh so I um the last one I watched was Madagascar um two which I watched yesterday um so Shadi yeah what have you been watching or reading so, during our break I just want to add one point let me know because I've, I've already told you that I did not like season three of Marcella um it just premiered in okay. the U.S. um I think the British premiere will be or later this year so you have to do a review of season three once you've watched it because I, okay, well, yeah. I haven't even finished part two Yeah, yet. yeah. So after season yeah. two, I'll let you Season know. one and two were great, but season three I did not like. Um, so I okay. have not really been watching anything much. Um, I've been watching a lot of YouTube, but I can't do <laughs> can't do reviews on YouTube videos that I've been watching. Um, so I've been actually reading. I got a book a few weeks ago. It's called The Vanishing Half by Britt Bennett. And if you follow us on Instagram at the other side of the Atlantic, shameless plug, um, you will know that um, I I talked about this book a few weeks ago. Um, It's such an interesting book. So it's um, set in, it spans from the 1940s, 50s to about 1990s. um, And it goes through um, like two, three generations of this one family. Um, And just a quick quick synopsis, it's about two twin sisters who live in this town that is filled with basically, that is filled with and only light-skinned people are allowed to live in the town. So um, these- Whoa! (laughs) Yes, yes. So I was kind of like, so many eye power raising (laughs) moments because if you know me, biggest pet peeve is colorism like at all. Um, So, but so like there was a few moments that I really had a lot of- um, at bar raising moments but essentially 
and the people only marry like other people from the town who are light skinned and their theory is that's a but uh, wait 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 are there no white no, people or no. Asian people or the, Chinese no. people or Hispanic people it's just black so, people and just light skinned black yeah people. so just a quick synopsis of the town this fictional town um, it was started by this man who in the 1800s who was a slave um and his mom well his mom was a slave you know a black slave from africa um and his dad was a plantation owner and his dad you know had a relationship raped his mom or what have you and he was born so when the father died the father actually the slave owner gave um the plantation to his son this piece of land and the guy said um he will create a town only for light-skinned people to be treated better than darker-skinned black people but also know that they're not actually white so it's just like kind of were, you know, better, quote unquote, than the black, darker skinned black people. So we're going to kind of use that to our advantage, right? To kind of be adjacent to whiteness, but obviously knowing that we can never achieve that status of white people. So that's why he allows- This is deep. It's like so deep and like such a really, like so many social, there's a lot of people, unfortunately, in this day and age think like that. Um, So- Basically, the whole t- yeah, the whole and only light skinned people can live in the town. They can they only marry each other. And the, the 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 founder's vision was that each of his generations will get whiter and whiter until like they look white. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So his- it reminds me of South Africa uh, yeah. and um, the colored yeah, yeah. people only marrying other colored and maybe they could marry a white person but they certainly would not marry a black person and they had slightly better housing than you know black people the coloreds um in south africa mm-hmm. slightly better educational system so this is exactly like that i don't want to ramble on but essentially his great great granddaughters um are the focus of the story they're twins and they're very much white looking they look like white women right but they're black and only white, white people only know that they're black once they see the town that they live in that's how white they look Uh, Um, so like he's essentially achieved his vision right um and the sisters wanted to escape the town um and the one so they they go and escape and they go to um so it's based in louisiana and they end up going to new orleans which is about a few hours from their town and the sisters separate a few years or a year after they're in new orleans and it turns out the one sister who's the main focus of the story ends up marrying a dark-skinned black man and then has like a dark-skinned child uh-huh. But she was actually not the colorist, right? Like she actually knew that what, what she was living in. Yeah. And that's why she purposely married a dark man um, to produce okay. a dark child. She's like, this is ludicrous, right? Um, and the other sister ends up passing as white. So marries a white man and lives like in Boston or somewhere as a white woman. And the story basically is the, the sister who married the dark skinned man um, trying to find her other sister because they lost contact. So it goes through, it go, like it, you know, talks about, and just a quick um, one point. So the, the sister who married the dark-skinned man and has a dark-skinned baby, she separates from her husband and goes back to the town. And the town pe- townspeople are all like astonished about this dark child. They're like, she must've just came from Africa. She's so dark. And I'm just like, oh my God, I'm reading it. Like, and I'm so, I, I'm lost for words. So it's just such an interesting story um highly recommend it mm-hmm. again it's um it's called the vanishing half by Britt bennett so yeah <laughs> super yeah. so sounds really good yeah so um what self-care things have you been doing in the past few weeks um me well i actually wanted to talk about a book I've Ooh, been reading i'm sorry too, yes and then i'll jump into self-care mm-hmm. too um, so yeah, so I've been reading a book called The Family Next Door. It's by Lisa Jewell, which a lot of you guys may know as like this queen of 
um, really funny books, usually a female main character. Um, she's a British writer. She used to be a lawyer. Um, but actually, she's now ventured into writing um, thrillers mm. and um, psychological books. So The Family Next Door is one of her first books in that genre. And it was um, on the Richard and Judy bestseller mm. list. So that's actually how I picked it up. And yeah, it's brilliant. So it's basically about um, this girl who's been brought up by an adopted um, family. And she only finds out she's adopted when she turns 21. And she um, is contacted by a lawyer to be told she's inherited a mansion in Chelsea. Oh, great. In Chelsea, wow. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then she begins to uncover <laughs> stuff about the, her um, birth family. And basically, her birth family was this really wealthy family, but they were all found dead. Mm. Um, her mother and father were found dead, and she was found as a baby in a mm. crib in the house um, 21 years ago. So it basically uncovers um, what the hell went on in that house. Um, and it's, yeah, it's a psychological thriller. And like, I've been reading it, and at some moments, I actually feel cold chills. I'm, like, I'm getting I chills listening to you describing it. You yeah. Know? <laughs> Like, I actually have to leave my bedroom, go back to the downstairs to the living room where my mom is. Yes. And I'm like, okay, let me just calm down before I sleep. Um, so it's very well written. Like, it makes you feel like chills. Um, and I'm about halfway through and I still have no idea what may have happened. Um, so, yeah, I, I really, really recommend it. The Family Next Door by Lisa Jewell. Um, yeah. So why don't you talk about self-care first? And then I'll talk about a bit about what I've been doing for self-care awesome so my the things that i've been doing for myself personally um in the past few weeks is i started um this at home workout um i downloaded this app highly recommended it's called a uh, women's workout and it gives you um so the the free feature it gives you um seven minutes of workouts and you do about five or six different workouts um and then there's a paid feature where you actually get a longer workout um, and it's targeted. You can have like for your abs and for like weight loss and for, you know, whatever part of your body that you want to target. And the reason um, it's part of my self-care is because I'm doing it at my leisure. I'm not pushing myself to do it. I'm not doing it because I feel like I need to lose weight or do anything. Um, I actually enjoy doing it. And um, I mean, it's nice to see results and all, and I am seeing results, but there's some days where I'm like, I'm just tired. I'm not going to work out today. Um, and you know, I started, um, class pass, um, before the pandemic and I really enjoyed it. I really enjoy like do, doing different exercises. Um, and I haven't been able to go to any classes since the pandemic and really finding this app. So what's class pass? Class pass is, I think it's available in like the U S definitely UK and maybe Canada and some other countries, but it's basically you purchase, um, credits and you can go to any gym. Um, that has class pass and that's most major gyms in like the u.s and there you can also it's for classes at your gym well, so like for spinning yeah we're not like actually school. so classes at gyms or studios so you can go to um like i've i've done um you know pilates classes i've done cycling classes i've actually gone to gyms and work out and each class is rated on a different level of credits um and the reason i like it is because oh, yeah wow. it's not here because i can do pilates one day at one studio i can do cycling one day at one studio i can do a dance workout at another and um before the pandemic i was traveling quite a bit for work so when when i would travel to um where I, the right other office um, I actually could do it there as well. 
so it wasn't like I was tied that's yeah so it's good. anywhere in the U.S. so um, I was doing that it was really great that's so good yeah, I loved it because I think the main thing for me that I miss during the pandemic regarding working out has been classes mm-hmm. so I do yoga classes I do yoga by Adrienne mm-hmm. and I also do zoom yoga with my friend Amina who's doing some fantastic yoga classes on zoom but I miss like in my gym I used to go for dance class on Monday evenings and Friday evenings um and then sometimes I would go for like abs intense Mm -hmm. workouts and that's what I've missed the most like most things I can do online but I miss that in-person class so that class class sounds you would love it you would love it and like so actually the reason I love the women's workout is absolutely completely different from the reason you just stated is because I like the fact that I can go on my own schedule because like I feel like gyms are kind of intimidating for me um and then like I don't like (laughs) like I feel like I'm always like the worst person in class and they're always like correcting me (laughs) Even if you stay at the back, they correct you, and then you have some of these women. No, oh Nigeria, they do. You know this is great. Everyone is not very good because people are very relaxed. You have these women who are like warriors and who go to these classes like five days a week. That's America. Who are amazing. Yeah, and it's like it's kind of like you know it's hard for me because I'm like I'm not as great as as you know these women are, and then like they're kicking ass, and I'm like struggling. Yeah, I, I like being able to go on my own routine. I have built up so much stamina, so when the gyms do open, hopefully I can like kick ass and be as good oh, as the other girls. Yeah. <laughs> what about you? What's what nice. have you been doing to take care of yourself? Yeah, so I've been going to the beach, as I mm. said, just laying horizontal by the waves. Um, and I also did some lovely braids. Mm. I did some braids. Very beautiful braids. Two weeks ago. Yeah, you've seen the mm-hmm. pictures. So they're like. Um, dark brown with blonde highlights and they're really long they're up to my bum um, and they're curly and yeah I, I, they just make me feel really good um, and also I did my second session with my microblading mm-hmm. so I did so you have to do it six weeks after okay. the first session so my my brows are looking really good and I don't need to put on any pencil in the morning um, but I have to wait until they're completely healed before I can use any um, harsh skincare or even any skincare with any ingredients that are extremely active so I'm happy because they've pretty much just healed up so I can start again with you know my vitamin c and my serum so I'm looking forward to focusing on caring for my face and I'm also going to get some really nice bath stuff mm. I, I really am missing um, nice luxurious like bath stuff just to relax during bath time like in Lagos you can't always get everything you want for bath time and all my stuff has run out and I haven't really been shopping during the pandemic so that's something I want to do um next week just get some nice luxurious nice smelling essential oils and aromatherapy and I also want to go for a massage next weekend sounds lovely yeah so what have you been um following so i have been following the story about this nigerian ballet student um 11 year old anthony madu and he's a student at the leap dance academy in lagos um and he went viral a few weeks ago but i saw the pictures. i loved it i loved it i loved it for so many reasons um but so yeah so he went um viral for dancing um ba- uh, dancing and ballet routine in the rain in lagos um, and it went, you know, all around the world. And um, he was actually given a scholarship to train at the American Academy, American Ballet um, Theater. No yeah, way. so he'll be coming to the U.S. next year. And he's actually like um, one of the um, a foundation actually like gave him internet connection to do like classes over Zoom. 
Um, wow. So I, I love it for many reasons. One being that this is like a boy, right? So it talks, it takes away that like, you know, um, you know, feeling of like toxic masculinity amongst like black boys. And even like with Nigerian men, right? We have this kind of like, they have this thing that they have to be super masculine and all that stuff. And like this 11 year old boy dancing beautifully yeah. to ballet um, very elegantly. Um, and he's being celebrated by Nigerians, right? Mel- men and, and yes. women. And I absolutely love that. And I love the fact also that um, the foundation, the school that he's actually um, in, the Leap uh, Dance uh, Academy, um, and Lagos has actually been flooded with donations. So he obviously himself has personally benefited, but other ballet um, students in Nigeria will also benefit from this. So I absolutely love it. You don't see stories with like black boys, African boys doing ballet, and I just absolutely love it. Um, he was also recently in a Tiwa Savage video. Um, she did this video for one of her songs that she premiered um, on a late night uh, TV show in the US and he actually opened it in his ballet um, outfit dancing and it was beautiful. I loved it. (laughs) Super. We're going to post the link on our social media because the photos and the videos are gorgeous. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so the last thing we wanted to talk about and what we've been doing is what we've been listening to and I think everybody was excited when Beyonce dropped Black is King, um, her videos, I was I was not expecting it. I didn't know it was coming. So when I just suddenly saw that, oh my gosh, Beyonce has dropped a film. First, I thought it was a full feature length film. So I was already disappointed when I realized it was videos <laughs> for her album that came out last mm-hmm. year. But still, I was a bit excited. Um, and yeah, so I like immediately went to watch them on YouTube. I watched the pirate copies that people had uploaded. And I mean, I was blown away. I, I mean, the song, seeing them brought to life by the videos, the colors, like my first impression was just like, yes, yes. Like it just made me so happy. Um, uh, yeah. So that was my, my first impression. So Shadi, can you give your first impression before we yeah, dissect further? So I will say I have actually not seen Black is King. Um, okay. Yep. So I have seen a lot. Of, so I haven't seen, I haven't watched the full feature lunch, but I have seen a lot of the videos that have come out of it. Um, I absolutely love, so it's based off of the, the gift album, um, that you said came out last year. I love that album. I've loved what I've seen in terms of just like the dancing and all that stuff. Um, so, I mean, everyone knows I'm a huge Beyonce fan. Um, so, um, there's, you know, I obviously have criticisms that we'll talk about later, but I thought it was beautiful. I thought it was visually beautiful. I haven't seen all of it, so I cannot speak on all of it. Um, but what I've yes. seen has been beautiful and I love the song. So it's just, a, it's a, it's just truly a gift. Yes, I, I loved it too. So I've, I've seen four of the videos. Mm-hmm. So I haven't seen all of it yet. Um, okay. And then the things I did not like about it, <laughs> you know, I think it was more about people's reaction rather than Beyonce herself. Okay. So people saying, oh, Beyonce is now our African queen. Beyonce is our African. And it's like, I feel so sad that as Africans, often just when somebody throws you a few crumbs, mm. you already want to crown them as your queen. So say like, that again. Okay, cool that she did this, <laughs> but calm the heck down. Yeah. Yes. Like, calm down. Like, there's so many incredible African musicians from all the different corners of Africa. So why do we now want to award an American as queen of African music? So that pisses me off. And it pisses me off that, Yes, she has the financial resources to do this, which is awesome to bring together 
collaborations with so many different African artists that an African might not be able to do it on their own. And also, just because of her Beyonce status, she shines the limelight on people. But it just annoyed me that, uh, so are we just waiting <laughs> for an American in order to legitimize African music? Was African music not legitimate on its own? So that, that really grated on me. So I, I um, have similar feelings. Um, so my thoughts is that one, um, so I was actually arguing, um, we're having a very lively discussion with my friend Tola when we're driving to Ocean City about this. So I think that Beyonce um, has a very myopic view of Africans and it shows in her videos sometimes. Mm-hmm. So I think she thinks that Africans are the stereotypical, look like the stereotypical things that you see as, in the West, right? You see them dark skin with short hair, um, with tribal marks and all of that stuff. And I tribal yes, marks, paint yes. on your face. And and the, I don't look like that. And I know a <laughs> lot of people who don't look like that. And I think Beyonce can sometimes not get past that. There are people in Africa born and better that look like Beyonce, that look um like me and everyone else. And I think that sometimes she just shows this one view of what the Westerners have told people that Africans look like and Beyonce continues to kind of carry that narrative. Um, as, that's my personal feeling. Um, I do think it's, I, I do think it's very visu- visually beautiful um, in regards to Beyonce being the queen. So I've been heavily listening to T.Y. Savage. I've always really liked her. Um, she just, she's dropping a new album. So there's songs coming out and I watched um, two of her videos. One is Koroba and one is Dangerous Love, and Tiwa Savage does an amazing job and has consistently done amazing jobs showing, like, visually um, showing just Africa and Black beauty, and because she does not have that stage that Beyonce does, everyone kind of heralds Beyonce as the savior. Yeah. Tiwa, I, I, no, one, no one can say anything bad about Tiwa Savage to me. <laughs> I actually love her. I like her, too. I love her But videos. I would also claim Yemi Alade over yeah. her. Yemi Alade has been quiet lately, sure. but Yemi Alade has always been more authentic. Sure. I am proud of my For culture, sure. whereas Tiwa's a lot more um, like westernized. Yeah. She's still cool. I like her. But, um, and I'm looking forward to watching those mm-hmm. videos, but I will always be like, look, Yemi Alade from day one has been proud to wear African prints and para, do her dance moves, do videos in the village. <laughs> um, so I'll just always like be like, claim Yemi as more of like that representative. But I mean, like each of your own, yeah. which I think is why I love the African musicians ourselves, because we have our own take of Africa. Absolutely. Whereas Beyonce seems to always have that one dimensional, yeah. it must be this dark skinned yes. woman with green paint and white dots all over her like calm, calm exactly, down calm down exactly. we don't all live in some random village like calm down <laughs> no 100% agree 100% agree and I think what I think what just yeah. to add one point I think what I like about Tiwa is because I feel like she African her Africanness is like sewn into her person it's sometimes she can wear Ankara sometimes she can wear western dresses it doesn't feel forced yeah. And and that's very much how yes, I am. Yes, she is African. Yeah, she's exactly. Like she grew up exactly, in London. Exactly, exactly. Just as British as she is Nigerian. Exactly. But it's authentic. That's why I like about yeah. her that I, I feel very much the same yeah. way. Sometimes I wear Ankara, sometimes I don't. Um, so that's why exactly. that's why I very much like. I think also she's really really beautiful, and I just I love like Koraba yeah. video. I just love it. That it's just so beautiful. Um, yeah. So I'm a huge fan. Again, thank you Beyonce, but um, we didn't need you to tell us how great Afrobeat is. Thank you for telling the rest of the world and thank you for elevating that platform. But those who know, we've been known. Yeah, we already <laughs> knew. Well said, well said. 
All right. I think that's it for our what I section. So we're going to move into our main topic now. <laughs> so welcome to our main segment this week. Um, and in our main topic, we're going to be talking about filling your own cup first. So the idea for this episode came about um, when I read an interview with Tia Mori um, of the famous Mori sisters who were in Sister Sister. Um, for those who watched, uh, I think it was on UPN in the U.S. back in the day. I'm not sure where it was broadcasted. Oh, it was, was it Nickelodeon? Nickelodeon yeah. in London. It was like Saturday morning TV. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, it was amazing. <laughs> um, so I think I'm pretty sure it was on UPN for those in the US. Um, and yeah, so she used to be on that show and that's how she came to fame. And they're now in their 40s. Um, and I, you know, they're like 10 years older than me, but I feel like I've watched them grow, grow up, right? Um, because, you know, through their careers and just um, through motherhood and through adulthood. And she gave an interview with, um, with Essence Magazine, another one of my faves. Um, and she basically said that um, she talked about how to manage you know, her priorities um, and how she still manages to put herself first and her mental health and her well-being um, while being a mom and a wife. Um, and what she really talked about in the interview was that, like, when your mental health and when your physical health sometimes is not where it needs to be, um, you cannot be a good mom and you cannot be a good wife. And sometimes we only think that we're doing a good job when we're like tired and like dead and depleted at the end of the day. And it's like, okay, I can measure myself by being a good mom if I'm like super tired. And she's like, no, that's not how it is. You need to take time for yourself and focus on your own mental health because we just exhaust ourselves so much. Um, and if we do that, we're not in a place to be the best moms or the best wives or the best whatevers. Um, so she really just talked about like what she called filling her own cup first um, before she fills others. And I thought that was extremely just uh, important piece of you know information that I took from the interview. And as a woman, as a black woman, as an African woman, we kind of are taught to put others um, before ourselves and to you know fill others' cups first before we fill ourselves. And one of the things that Black and I have been talking about just, you know, in the podcast and just in our own private conversations is about how we're going to start putting ourselves first. Um, so we decided to dedicate a whole episode to it. <laughs> it's really important. And I'm so looking forward to it. I think it's so timely. I feel like at the beginning of COVID, everybody slowed down and then people just got really busy again. And it's almost like we're forgetting the lesson that COVID came to teach us, which is to try and pause and try not to overfill your plate and I mean especially for people with kids and husbands and as you said as African women we've been taught that you know you put your children definitely first your husband to before yourself and then it's like okay where's the energy for yourself and how can you run on empty you can't so I just think it's so timely and like even for me as a single woman it's very very easy to prioritize um, so many other people and things above myself so I'm really glad we're talking about this today as am I so we're going to just talk through a few situations both um, in our professional lives um, and our lives with our families and our friends where we've kind of put other people first and how it's impacted us um, so I will start with the story of um, we'll start talking about with talking about work and I will start with my story uh, and as of late um, in you know this corona I I work much more than I actually did when I was going into the office because I feel like I, I kind of have to, right? Because there's really no excuse, quote unquote, for me not to like answer emails at like seven o'clock at night because I'm home and I can see them, right? Um, so I've, you know, 
I've been really busy and I sometimes when I'm not so busy I feel like why aren't I busy and not and I feel like I'm not accomplishing my goals unless I'm completely tired or have worked a full 12 hour day and like sometimes when I do have like a light day I'm like oh my god I should have been like, I could have been doing more I could have been doing this um and not like and now I've been very much taking advantage of my light days and like sometimes at 3 p.m I will log off and go for a walk or watch tv or take a nap not every day is meant to be super busy um and in terms of a particular story um about a year ago I had a, a year and a half ago I had a, a colleague that joined um the team and I felt um so there's very few black people in my organization maybe fewer on my team um and this is a black man that they hired so he was like the third black person in our team and we have a pretty large team um and he was having a really tough time picking up on the new material um, and I felt like it was, you know, he, he asked me for help um, and I did provide it to him. And I felt like it was kind of my responsibility because there are very few black people on the team. I wanted to kind of help him out and not let him fail. But this. Was he your husband? No, he wasn't. Okay. But, you know, trying to help him out like, <laughs> oh, you know, you know, here's a man that, you know, they, they don't have. He was the only black man. So two of the, the you know, me and the other. I mean, the other girl were both, you yeah. know, black women. And he was the first black man on the team. So I felt like, oh, let me help. Like, he obviously asked me. Asked me. I didn't reach out and be like, oh, did you need help? But it got to a point where every single thing he would ask me for. And I was, like, dedicating so much time to his work and not mine. So. Was he, like, in a position of. He wasn't. You? Like, he could kind of recommend no, he for wasn't. promotion. Like, if you helped him out. You just felt like. Out, out of the goodness, goodness of, of my heart. heart. I'm just trying to, and also, wow. and it's also he was That's part of my team, kind. right? So it was like I'm not going to let him fail. And to be, I was actually the first person on my team, on my newly developed team. So I actually trained everyone else on the team, right? So I also kind of felt that responsibility. I trained the other two people that joined the team. So let me help this person as well. But the other two people were able to pick it up. But he was actually also very lazy. Uh, <laughs> so like you know, at one point I'm like on top of just you know using my energy, you're just relying on me too much. So I actually had to cut it off and like. When he would, and you know, when he would ask things of me, um, I would just say, you know, try to figure out first and then come and, you know, come to me if you do need help. Like, but actually try to, you know, figure it out first because I don't have time. I'm already swamped with my work. Um, and at that point, I was actually transitioning to a new job. So I was actually doing, or a new position within my company. So I was actually doing both my old job and my new job and wow. still doing his, his work. So yeah. I had to put a stop to it. And I like, you know, and even now during COVID, he still calls me sometimes and asks me. And like every other call oh. off the <laughs> I just find it so interesting. You know, it's, it's interesting to think about that you you felt this um, desire to help and also this sort of kind of like it was your duty to. And you're not the first, you know, friend, woman our age who I've spoken to that's ended up really, 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 really busy because they feel this obligation to help yeah. their colleagues. And it's not like helping a boss or helping someone who is reporting directly to you. You just have this thing in your mind that you ought to help. And I think it's just so apt in the discussion we're having here that often we feel like we um, are meant to be helping people and we're filling people's cups that are not actually our responsibility Absolutely. even to fill. Before even, you know what I mean? Like you can say if you have children, it's your responsibility to fill that child's cup, but you should still fill your own and make sure you look after you. But often we even start filling the cups of people that it shouldn't even be, not that it shouldn't be our business to help them, but we really have been taught that 
we should be helping like everybody and it's just interesting that it's it seems to be yeah. a common thing and we need to be careful yeah how we expand i just will industry. say for him in particular because he was like a black person i felt like even more pressure to help him because we didn't have many black colleagues right so like and it's i know but i find yeah. that fascinating no, and it's, and it's, <laughs> you felt the need to help him because he was black you know, both of my other two coworkers are white and i helped them but i just think in particular because he had a, he had a, and he was yeah. really struggling so i'm like ah please we have to hire i don't want like and this sounds really terrible yeah, but i didn't I want know. them to say ah the next black person that comes we must not hire them because <laughs> I know. it sounds I'm terrible but i'm like yeah, oh god I you have to you? succeed because you're black <laughs> yes so you must you must be twice as and, good exactly and I'm even good. with all my effort everyone hates him and like he's, he's about to get pushed <laughs> out of the team that's how, and i'm just like <laughs> Good. <laughs> because I'm no longer there to shield him, right? So I've been gone from the team. And I still keep in contact with them, but like he obviously didn't pick it up and was just yeah. So yeah. that's my story. <laughs> what about yours, Rolake? <laughs> yeah, so I mean with work, I think what's going on with COVID, um, has met as you said, is very hard, um, hard to distinguish between what's work and what's home. And I've seen some <laughs> memes going around saying, like, are we working? From home, are we living from work? <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, yes, what on earth is going on? Like, is my office now my That's home? That's what it feels it just, like. It just is like my laptop. Yeah, laptop is always looking at you. So, um, yeah, and also this email culture. So I've, I've not had emails on my phone for almost wow. 18 months. I made that decision and I took them off my phone because I'm a phone girl. I'm always on my WhatsApp. I'm always on my phone. So I was like, I'm not going to have work always talking to me. I will have my time for work on my laptop. And when I switch off, I switch off. Um, But during COVID, it's been harder and harder. And I have a new boss who literally wants you to be on call, who even sending random messages at all times of night. And, you know, his first couple of weeks in July, I felt the need to respond. um, But like lately, I just had to manage his expectations and I switch off. I switch off at about six, seven, and I pick up again uh, 8 a.m. the next day and he's now learned to deal with that but at the beginning I was the one feeling the need to always be on demand and he just took and took and took until one day it was like him messaging at 1 a.m. but then when I learned to start saying no and no sorry I can't attend this last minute meeting no sorry I can't create a powerpoint deck with one day's notice no 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 like the respect changed and you know because of covid and times have been hard i actually had to go down to four days a week and then after i started saying no he then um pushed put me back up to a full-time role so i feel like often we um uh, overextend we fill other people's cups we're like he's my boss so i need to be always on hand i need to give him whatever he needs yes 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 and you forget about saying no but you're doing yourself a disservice because you're tired, you're cranky, you're not doing the priorities that you're meant to do to achieve your goals. You're trying to help your boss achieve his and other people achieve theirs. But actually, when you learn to say no, you have more power and you show that your time is important. And then like very luckily in my case, it also led to a financial benefit and me being put back on full time, even though the negative um, effects of COVID haven't yet subsided. So I think that's my one um, story um, right now. And then I also have another story, which is like last year, I was truly running on empty with work and I, I never took a lunch break to the point that my New Year's resolution in January 2020 was I will take a lunch <laughs> Isn't break. Isn't that crazy? Day. Like I literally had to make that a resolution. Yep. And I had to put it in my calendar, half an hour, one lunch break. 
And it didn't happen really. The first few months of the year, I didn't really. I took a lunch break maybe two or three times a week. And then even in COVID, I've not been able to adopt that New Year's resolution. But about a month ago, two months ago, um, I listened to a talk about just having peace in you and work-life balance. And it was talking about how even during your work day, you need to put in moments of joy for yourself. So put in something, schedule out time of relaxation for yourself. And so I started putting into my work day phone call with a friend mm. for half an hour in the middle of the day. And I have started doing that. And, you know, when I'm happy, um, I'm more productive, I'm more alert. And it's actually it's helped me with productivity. But more importantly, it's helped me with sanity. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's my that's my second story. Just like carving out time to say yes to me yes I need to eat yes I need to speak to people during the day no nobody will die if I don't reply that email till tomorrow and my boss isn't gonna um think I'm uh you know incompetent if I tell him no I can't do that now I will do it in two days or three days I 100% agree with everything that you said um and it's you know there's like you said there's a balance and there's also like a benefit right because you've been, you, you've done exceptional work, your boss has able to see your value and you've gotten a financial benefit from that. But sometimes it's like, you have to kind of um, weigh, you know, the risk and opportunities and say, you know, I, I'm not going to answer this email. I'm not going to answer the text message. My boss texts me at all times of the day. Yeah. Like oh. uh, he'll call me on my lunch break. Um, and it's, and, and I know like oh. he's even really busy, but I also do know that he consistently, so my, I report to two different people because of the way my position is. Um, and the person that I actually like, so I actually have the dotted line with the person that I talk to more. Um, and he actually will consistently tell my CFO and my deputy CFO how much he's grateful for me and how good of a job that I'm doing and this is like board level people that he's telling um, and he consistently includes me in board meetings right so I my visibility has just gone up just from him doing that as well so um yeah this is brilliant and I think as you said it's a decision it's a is it do I count it more worthwhile for my visibility on a board level to be um really high and do I count that recognition and potential salary yeah. increase as more important to me than maybe having a bit more peace of mind and having a bit more rest and a bit more time for me. So I think as long as you're aware that these are decisions and these are the benefits that come with it, it's fine. But at some point, it becomes less of a benefit to have a monetary um, advantage than peace of mind. Like literally, it becomes, do I want to be have a little bit more salary or do I want to sleep well and not grind my teeth so I'm not in pain the next morning? <laughs> I literally like have to start making that decision like what counts more and those are those are hard really, really hard um so we're gonna move in briefly yeah. into our next section um we're gonna talk about situations with family members so mine is gonna brief be brief because I don't want to go into too much detail <laughs> um but just in general not letting um family drama drag me down um my I have a my immediate family is pretty big. I'm pretty small. I'm sorry. It's just my my mom, my dad, and my sister and I. We have a really big extended family, and from my mom's side, and it just always seems like something is going on. Um, <laughs> and um, mm-hmm. always, always, and always. my mom will call me and speak <laughs> to me about the traumas, and all I will just do is like you know listen um, and provide my opinion. But I'm, once I hang up, it goes out of my mind. 
Um, and not because I'm a bad daughter, but because I just cannot let that weigh me down because there's just a lot of other stuff going on. And I just, I refuse to kind of pass it on to like my kids and all of that. I want it to start on a fresh plate. And I think sometimes as African people, we bring our fights from 1922 to our great grandchildren. <laughs> so, like siblings who have hated each other, their great grandkids will hate each other because of God knows what, right? Yep. So I'm like, it stopped, it stopped yep. with me. <laughs> it stops with me. Yeah. Um, preach, girl. So, preach, um, preach. Yeah, that's just, you know, and just realizing that my family, I love my family members, but, you know, I'm not, I can't change them and I don't want to change them. And I, I love them for who they are and I'm not going on a, you know, mission to save everyone's life. Or, or just it is what it is right it is you have to love some people uh, mm-hmm. for who they are and that's in, and just take that um so yeah that's my little brief <laughs> brief uh, family part yeah what about you yes I think for me like when you said you have to love some people I thought you were gonna end with you have to love some people that's it yeah <laughs> and I feel like that's a little bit of my motto um, for family and friends sometimes like I'm a very involved family member and friend I can take all your wahala mm. on my head but um, it will mean that I'm filling your cup at the detriment to myself and I know that sometimes that's called for in times when people are really going through a lot and we need to be there for each other but as you say sometimes in family there's just drama you don't know generational drama. drama and you know <laughs> yes so and I'm part of a small nuclear family too but I have a big extended family and then you know in Nigeria like everybody's yeah. your family so there's there's an ending as much as if you want to let your family be large you can have an ending drama if you let it um so yeah loving people from a distance is uh, one of my mottos because you cannot always help people out or solve this argument or solve this fight so sometimes you actually just have to remove yourself and be like hey i do love you i care i'll send you the text messages and i'm here but sometimes i will not pick up my phone <laughs> I, I, I won't answer and I won't feel guilty. Um, and it will also depend on how much you invest in me. Um, it has to be reciprocal too. I'm not going to see myself investing, investing when you're going through your drama. But when things are going well for me, I'm not necessarily hearing from you. Um, yeah, so I think also during COVID, you know, like working from home and, you know, having an African mom, like in the middle of Zoom calls, I'll be presenting and my mom will be like, hey, go and do that. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, no, I can't. I can't do this now. Um, and I think just being able to dissect uh, your priorities and knowing what is important to fill your own cup in terms of family relationships before running yourself ragged or diluting all your energy to please others. Like for me, family is really a big one where you need to be, yeah, quite careful about putting yourself first. And someone once told me, maybe I think it was about 10 years ago when I was super stressed about my mom, I think. And I was like, oh, but my mom wants ABCD. And I was in London at the time. And I think it was an older man who told me, he said to me, look, your mom, will be happy Mm. when you're happy when your mom sees that you are like full of joy and you're happy and you're good with everything in your life trust me even though she's asking you for ten thousand things just that joy emanating from you will make her happy like all your mom wants is for you to be happy and i kind of extend that mantra to anyone who loves you anyone in your family 
fill your own cup first because actually if they truly love you when you are happy they'll be happy and it won't be about conditions and what you can do for them and how much you listen to all their phone calls and how much you're their therapist they will just be happy because you're happy so I, I um on family in particular especially as an African I think we need to prioritize our space and our sanity and look after ourselves so agree um my mom will call me at one o'clock and ask me if I'm working and I'm like I'm no I'm sleeping like (laughs) I'm so grateful (laughs) afternoon afternoon and I'm just so grateful that I I do live alone and my mom like because I know so my mom is in Nigeria um and I know that if she was here I would have to go home and she would literally like the few times that I have worked from home and she's been here she has um before COVID she would like ask can we go somewhere at four o'clock I'm like mom I have a meeting like just because because you physically see me <laughs> well, just, they just love our do. company they just want to hang because out all the time physically see me yeah. on my laptop doesn't mean I'm like on like you know google chat like I'm like I'm actually working yes so. google chat She's yes so. so yes I'm, I'm I'm grateful that I, I I'm alone during COVID and I could actually function and work yeah yeah, well, yeah my mom would literally just at like 2 p.m she's like so are you done with work for the day and I'm like, yes, mom, I'm done with work at 2 p.m. Uh-huh. Like, literally, she'll ask me, like, three times, are you done now? Can we go, like, to the supermarket? I'm like, no. Yeah, same, 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 same. Oh, so we're going to quickly talk about um, oh. situations with friends. Um, and uh, I just, <laughs> so one of the things I wanted to talk about was um, a particular situation where I um, went out with a group of coworkers, actually, they were colleagues, um, and um we went out to this place um, and we ended up, it was about eight of us. We ended up almost spending about $250 per person. Um, and it wasn't, no one was celebrating anything. We were just, you know, eating and drinking. And I, I, I didn't even eat $250 worth of stuff, let alone drink $250 worth of stuff. Um, and, um, when, you know, and yep. you know, obviously I'm not going to like be picky, but one of the things that I put my, um, one of the things that I put my foot down on is to do things like that um, when I don't feel like it. I'm not going to, I'm, you know, I have my own financial goals and I know what I'm willing to pay, but I'm not going to just go out for experiences just to please other people or just to, you know, do things when I just don't feel like it's worth it financially for me. Obviously there's things that I like to do, mm. but that particular group of people I actually have not been out again with because of that incident and not because that I'm like this, you know, cheap person, but like, I'm not, you know, they have different financial goals than me. They have different financial liabilities and stuff than me. And I just know for me, I don't value spending $250 every, every weekend <laughs> on, on food and stuff. So just being very mindful of, yeah. you know, the friends that I do hang around, um, who I, you know, decide to go away with for trips. I'm very picky, um, with traveling with friends. Um, um, because I just mm-hmm. don't like just and since childhood I just don't like being in places where I'm not comfortable for a long period of time with people that I don't really know well or like or just don't really want to be with for a long period of time so I'm, I'm very quick to say no to like group trips if I'm not comfortable with the group of people that are going um, and I'm also you know quick to do the same thing if I know these people that I'm going to go with to a restaurant are going to be drinking and doing all the stuff that I just don't like to do so um, just also being very intentional um, about who I choose to spend my time with. Mm, that's <laughs> so wise. What about you? Uh, I think for me, I definitely like uh, really identify with <laughs> everything you just said about like how I eat my money and not just doing stuff because a group wants to. And I think I'm even more particular about my time. Like I feel like 
our time is our most precious resource. Um, so for me, it's even less about how I use my money with friends, but more being good at saying, no, I'm not coming because I would rather not spend a night in a loud nightclub with you. I can't even talk to you. And then the next day is gone because I'm hungover. I want to choose how I use my time and not only do things, yeah, just because they expect it or group wants to do them. And then I, I recently heard this, heard this phrase called, which was, um, are your single friends keeping you single? <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like, obviously, community is beautiful. And I, like, love my community of friends. And, like, what is life if you don't have people to share things with? But sometimes uh, you can drown out your own life. And you can drown out space to do you. And space to do things that you really want to do. Because you're so used to just like doing yeah. stuff with all your friends and like, hey, let's go to this festival and hey, let's go to this place for lunch and let's do this and let's do that. And you've actually like overcrowded. Sometimes like I used to be the sort of person that would say yes to everything and the weekend would come and I wouldn't have a moment to just like do nothing, <laughs> like just lay in bed and be lazy or something. Um, and then the weekend will be over and you're like, ah, oh, what did I just do? I just overextended myself for all my friends. And yes, I had fun, but I'm tired now. So I feel like, yeah, I've just learned in the last few years to be so much better at saying no and not even getting to the point of saying no, like even before people ask, <laughs> like planning my time. So I've already scheduled in me. So like, okay, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that on Saturday morning. I'm going to cook myself this breakfast. I'm going to spend time with this person. So that even by the time people ask, what can you do this with me? I'm now checking against whether I have the time to, you know? So you've actually, before someone else has placed a demand on your time, you've decided how you want to spend your time and what makes you happy. And I think for me, it's just being better, um, like being lazy and being better at being lazy alone because that's very important to me. And if I'm not careful, I'm very good at feeling all my friends cups and being like yes 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 I'll come here I'll come there and then I I don't give myself any me time to recharge it's very important to make sure you recharge especially during COVID because we are working much more than we are um we would normally do in the office so sometimes you just need that physical time just to lay in bed and watch tv all day long (laughs) yep so in the last part of this segment, we're going to talk about how we will be putting ourselves first. Um, so I will start. Um, and Willa kind of alluded to this in her um, when she was talking about with her situations with her friends. Um, and for me, saying no to things has been the best gift of my 30s. Um, <laughs> because, yes. um, because, you know, in your 20s, you're hustling, you're meeting people. You always feel like you need to be somewhere at a, a specific time. And now it's just like, if someone asks me to do something and if it's truly kind of out of my way and I don't really feel an obligation to this person, I say no. Um, <laughs> like last, like last yes. weekend, for example, um, I was, I've had a few busy weekends and I actually kind of like being busy on the weekends sometimes because I, I do live alone and I am alone for most of the week. So it's nice to kind of interact with people on the weekends, which I have been doing. But um, I, you know, was really physically tired last week um, and actually this week mm. as well. So on Sunday, I literally spent the whole entire day in bed watching Mulan and then Aladdin. Um, and I watched, <laughs> I watched the first and second Aladdin movies and it was great. And I love Mulan. Mulan's like my favorite uh, Disney um, movie. But and it was such <laughs> a great, I was, in, I was literally in my bed until like 5 p.m. 
Um, and it was such a great day. Um, and, you know, That's yeah. <laughs> and like, sometimes I took phone calls if they rang. Sometimes I answered text messages and sometimes I didn't. Um, so just kind of giving that space to myself um, and then really planning my future for myself and not really for anyone else. Obviously, I want things like, you know, husband and kids, but just um, making sure I focus on myself now because I, um, you know, I'm fortunate to have a really good salary um, and being able to spend that money on myself and not having to worry about, oh, my kids' school fees and my kids' school clothes. Um, <laughs> so making sure, yeah, yeah, thank, thank, you, thank you, God. Um, so really just self-care and buying myself like nice things and not worrying about if they're too expensive because, you know, I work hard. I work damn hard for my money. So nothing's too expensive <laughs> for me. <laughs> Yeah. So just uh, yep. making sure that I'm just generally happy. Like happiness is my ultimate goal, um, no matter what. Um, and both in my career, my professional life. So just uh, my professional and my personal life. So that's really just my ultimate goal um, in life is just to make sure I'm happy and being and living fabulously. <laughs> oh, if- yes, yes. I'm smiling to <laughs> What about myself. you, Laka? Um, yeah, I just love what you said about you know, last weekend, sometimes your phone rang and sometimes you picked it up, yep. sometimes you didn't. Sometimes you replied that text message, sometimes you didn't. Um, <laughs> and I feel like for me too, that is one way I've been putting myself first. I'm not as good at it. I feel this pressure to always reply um, text messages. But phone calls, I'm pretty awful. And I think people know <laughs> I'm awful and they know that I won't pick up because most times I don't. So I'm, I'm pretty good with that. Um, so I, I, I'll try and be better at not replying text messages unless uh, I am ready and unless it suits me but you know at the same time I don't want to then text someone in my family or one of my friends and have them not reply <laughs> to so you know there is a balance um, so yeah other ways that I will be filling my cup first or I have been filling my cup first as I said going to the beach and literally saying hey this whole Sunday is for me to do nothing but chill um, I've been watching TV, which was something I, I didn't really do last year. Um, I'm just enjoying literally the pleasure of watching something on a screen. And all I have to do in that moment is enjoy that show. So I've been watching lots of TV. Finding the time and the headspace to read is something mm-hmm. I've been doing. Not enough. I feel like reading is one of the ultimate <laughs> luxuries because you've literally, like you've gotten to the space where you're relaxed enough to actually indulge in something that requires yep. some focus and TV you can kind of do passively so I, I do want to cultivate the habit of being even more relaxed and carving out that time to literally just and that's why and that's why I was going to say one thing yeah. um, with like you know passively watching TV um, I actually watch a lot of yeah. foreign language films so I can actively watch TV um, and I have to pay attention because I have to read the subtitles because sometimes I would just like play, play on my phone and do something else, but like when I actually yeah. have to read, yeah, you read yeah. more than one thing, and you haven't actually enjoyed. Yeah, so I like, but I feel like reading subtitles. <laughs> work, so I, I love it. I that. love it. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, what else did I have on my list? Um, yeah, just being with friends. As I said, I've carved out half an hour in my daily schedule to ring friends, and I'm, I'm not, I don't always use it, but um, in fact, most times I don't. But it just reminds me that, hey, you really wanted to chat to this person. You haven't been able to chat to this friend. Even if I can't call them in that half an hour I put in my calendar, I'll try and call in the evening. And I, for me, I think also talking to friends is one of the ultimate luxuries. And I, I don't carve it out enough. Um, and also just talking to the friends that are the ones you just want to just about what's good in your life. Not always the ones that you are 
like trying to solve mm-hmm. a problem with like the ones you're literally just like celebrating life with yeah. is great um and then yeah playing with mm-hmm. my dog like having a dog has made me so much more Aww. present and like you usually wake up and you have to play and do stupid things roll on the floor <laughs> tickle him for like 15 minutes and it's just the absolute fun of like just filling my cup and doing me and like my mom would be like, come on, do this, come on, clean this. And I'm like, hey, I'm just going to play with a dog first. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's what I've been doing. And also through my journaling, that has helped because it, it asks me questions in my journal of like, what makes you happy? Like, what are you grateful for? So like just having that moment of reflection makes me want to do that thing more as small as the activity may be, like going for my daily walk. Um, so yeah, definitely like, journaling has helped me identify the little things that make me fill my own cup and give me that bit more energy before um going out to like be there for other people that is great um and we've now come to the end of the this segment and also the episode um so maybe we're like on our um instagram again at the other side of the Atlantic maybe we can share um tips for um, and advice to others on how to fill their own cup first. So maybe we'll do we'll do a, yes. we'll do a few posts on that. I think that'll be really great. Um, so yeah, on you know we talked about filling our own cup first and self care, and really on that note, um, sometimes we will publish episodes every week, and sometimes it'll be every other week um, because we need to make sure that we're filling our own cup first. And as much as we love doing this podcast, we want to make sure that we're taking care of ourselves um, so we can continue to do the podcast yes. for a very long time because we love it and we'd like that you guys listen and support. So um, again, you may see episodes. We will continue to publish on Sundays and maybe you'll see episodes every other week or every week. Um, but please continue to support and please continue to listen um, and share your thoughts and opinions um, on this episode and other episodes on our Instagram at the other side of the Atlantic. And yeah, we'll you know wait until next week. Yeah. Until next time. Until next time.